Hey, this is Luke Baker, and you're listening to the Tea Talks Podcast. I gather people in my living room and have my friends give short talks on anything they find interesting. We sip on tea, eat Pop-Tarts, and cultivate a community of curiosity. These are those talks recorded live in my living room with my friends. Hope you enjoy. Over the last 500 years, lots of explorers have ventured into the rainforest to try to find this white city. We have documentation of dozens of people who have set out to find it. Most of them did not return. Of the ones that did, all of them, within a short time after returning, died of an unexplained illness. What? So, exactly. Welcome back, Tea Talkies. Pretty exciting, but this is our 21st episode. And right now, Apple Podcasts has more than 2 million podcasts. But a little interesting fun fact that I found was that only about 36% of them have more than 10 episodes produced. 26% only produce one episode. So I'm proud of us for continuing this train, because this is our 21st episode and you've stuck with us. So thanks again for supporting And if you really enjoyed it, it would help a lot to subscribe and or leave a review. For instance, my good friend John Moore recently left one. Here's what it said. Tea Talks pairs perfectly with morning commutes, afternoon porch sitting, or even evening strolls. I've enjoyed listening to the diverse range of topics and love how every episode brings a different flavor of tea to the table. Thanks so much, John Moore, and for all of you, for 27 of you who have left a review. So if you could help me out and leave a review, that'd be awesome. But today's episode is brought to you by Millie Thompson. She's a neighbor of mine and also in my small group. She read a book and decided to give a tea talk on it. And it's truly fascinating. She takes us on a trip to Honduras. So without further ado, here's Millie Thompson. I'm in a long distance relationship and my boyfriend said, let's read a book together. That sounds like fun. So we went to Barnes and Noble and we picked out five random books each and then pitched them to each other. Um, And all five of of my choices were vetoed for various reasons. Um, And so the final two book options were about Honduran archaeology and the first black samurai. And for some reason, um, even though the first black samurai sounds a lot more interesting, we went with Honduran archaeology. (laughs) So I'm going to talk to you guys about Honduran archaeology. And so this is a book that I read, and it's called The Lost City of the Monkey God, and it ended up being fascinating. Um, This is basically like real-life Indiana Jones, so let's get into it. Deep in eastern Honduras, there is a region called Moscatia, and it is one of the last unexplored places on Earth. So it covers about 32,000 square miles, and only 5% of it has been explored. In the heart of Moscatia, is the densest jungle in the world. The same region also holds mile-high cliffs, dangerous swamps, the most powerful river in the Americas. It experiences flash floods, landslides, and pools of quicksand that can swallow a person whole. Um, Under the rainforest canopy, there are jaguars, howler monkeys, poisonous fire ants, and some of the deadliest snakes in the world. So all in all, great place for vacation. It is also rumored to be the location of an ancient lost city. 
So there's this century-old legend about the White City. Um, it's been passed down through generations of Hondurans um, about a city hidden in the rainforest made of white stone. It's rumored to be very wealthy, filled with gold, and it was built by an unknown people group who has now vanished. It's told to be a sacred space protected by the gods and that anyone who came to look for it would die of a mysterious illness. The earliest mention of this that we have is the Spanish conquistador Hernan Cortez, who wrote a letter to the king and queen of Spain saying that he had heard of this lost city filled with gold in the middle of the rainforest and that he was going to go find it and claim it for Spain. He never did because he was too busy committing atrocities in the name of colonization. Um, but over the last 500 years, lots of explorers have ventured into the rainforest to try to find this white city. We have documentation of dozens of people who have set out to find it. Most of them did not return. Of the ones that did, all of them, within a short time after returning, died of an unexplained illness. What? <laughs> so, exactly. So let's pause for a moment and just admit that this doesn't sound real. Like this sounds like Indiana Jones. We've got, you know, rainforest, venomous snakes, lost city of gold, curse from the gods, mysterious disease, quicksand, which side note, um, as a child, I was under the impression that I would encounter quicksand a lot more than I have in my life. Um, I definitely thought it would be a more common obstacle. Anyways. This story doesn't sound real, um, and that's what people told explorers, and that is what experts told a group of writers and filmmakers in 2012 when they decided to traverse into the Honduran rainforest to try to find this city. This type of expedition really doesn't sound promising because it's expensive and dangerous, and uh, there's disease and drug cartel and... Um, no proof or evidence that this city actually exists. But this group was determined, and so they managed to get in touch with a family member of an explorer who had claimed to have found this city in the 1950s. After returning, he then died of a mysterious disease, but they have his field notebook that has a hand-drawn map of the location. This is the only lead they could find, and so they said, you know what, we're just going to go for it and see what we can do. I forgot that I have a PowerPoint, so here are some pictures, and that is the first slide. Um, rainforest. <laughs> Densest in the world. Thank you, thank you. So the problem with searching for an ancient lost city in the middle of a rainforest is that rainforest vegetation grows very quickly. Um, and this is also the densest jungle in the world, and so it would take predicted 10 hours to go through two miles of this rainforest because it's so thick. So they knew that if they're trying to map out a specific region, they need to be on the ground. Um, but that just takes too much time to just go into 32,000 square miles of rainforest looking for the city. So they were able to use something called LIDAR, which is like radar, but instead of using electromagnetic waves, it uses lasers. So basically, they attach this machine to a small plane, and they send <laughs> pulses of laser beams over the area, and then they measure the amount of time it takes for the light to leave the laser, hit a particular surface, and reflect back. From there, 
they put all the laser points together into this multi-dimensional map. It's basically like 3D, 3D laser scanning. And what's cool about this is that the laser points, so it puts together this 3D map, um, but the laser points can differentiate between textures. So they were able to go in and highlight all of the textures that it hit that are vegetation and then delete them off the map to see what's underneath, which is cool. Okay, so we're going to skip ahead. It's 2015. They've been analyzing this map for like three years. Um, team is fully funded. Honduran government is behind it. And so they put together a team of archaeologists, historians, a film crew, there's a writer from National Geographic, and it's being led by former British SAS guys. So these are like the most elite special forces unit in the world who's leading this operation. So they drop the SAS guys into the forest with, they slide down a rope from a helicopter, and they, using machetes, um, chop an area big enough for a landing pad for a helicopter to come down. So then they're able to bring in the team that way to set up camp. So the first night, the National Geographic rider walked away from camp to go to the bathroom and he got lost. And the vegetation is so thick that he was 15 yards away from the camp, but he could not see or hear them. So after this, they made sure that everyone wore whistles around their neck so that if they got separated from the group, they'd be able to find their way back. Um, they also, the first night, ran into the Fair de Lance, which is like one of the deadliest snakes in the world. Um, it, they grow up to eight feet long. They're aggressive. They have two-inch long fangs that can penetrate any sort of snake boot or snake gaiter that you could wear. Um, and they can squirt poisonous venom six feet away from them. So, yeah, it's true. They also... Funnily enough, they were talking about quicksand, and I was like, does that even exist? Like, I don't even know that that's a real thing. But it is a real thing, and they ran into it, and one of the archaeologists almost died because she misstepped and fell into a pit of quicksand and was fully submerged, and one of the SAS guys pulled her out, which is wild. But despite snakes and bugs and quicksand, they were able to hike up to the ruins that were detected from the LIDAR maps. And what's interesting enough is that once they were able to remove the vegetation and see what was underneath by looking at this 3D map, they realized that it wasn't just a city, but it was an entire civilization that had been undiscovered. And what they found is that they were able to locate a, a plaza, a terrace, a ball court that was used for some sort of sports game, um, a palace, uh, the remains of what they believe to be a temple. This is the location of the temple. And buried in the ground are all of these small altars. Um, and the altars were intriguing because it, sto it showed a special kind of stone craft that is different from any other style in Central America. And so this proves that the city wasn't just a town on the outskirts of an Aztec territory um, or another indigenous group, but this is a whole other indigenous people group that has never been discovered before. Um, most of the altars were smashed, although it was clear that it wasn't vandalism, but it was intentional. And so they were trying to figure out why is this? Why are all these broken? And they came to the conclusion that this is an indigenous burial ground. Um, often in burials, um, the indigenous communities would break altars to release the spirit of the person who had died into the next world. But they found through carbon dating that the altars had all been broken at the same time, which means that the people were buried at the same time, which means that the people died at the same time. 
So then they're going through, okay, why did this happen? What led an entire civilization to die? But it wouldn't have been another civilization coming in, another people group coming in and attacking the city because they would have just desecrated the place. They wouldn't have gone and had a proper burial, which means that a large group of people died at some point, but someone who knew the civilization and that group of people and their culture and was a part of that culture remained alive. (sighs) There's a lot going on here. After which this event happened, whatever it was, the city was given over the jungle, was given over to the jungle, and humankind did not touch it for the next 500 years. So the nine-day expedition ends. The Honduran president comes and sees it in person. It is declared a national history site, and they're going to completely excavate it. They have plans to continue the preservation of this newly discovered city. The group returns home, And before they leave, they're like, hey, if you notice anything weird happen in the next few weeks, just send us an email. Just let us know. Um, It's it's amazing that, uh, you know, no one was bitten by a snake. And apart from the lady who fell in quicksand, no one had really any real accidents. And so they were they were joking, you know, of like, hey, they said that if we visited this city that we would die, we'd be cursed by the gods. But that didn't happen. We all made it alive. Um... But then, one of the photographers, six weeks later, found a bug bite that wouldn't heal. All of the other bug bites had healed except for this one. And it kept getting bigger, and he went to the doctor, and they were like, oh, it's an infection, here's an antibiotic. And it didn't work. And then weeks later, others were saying, oh, I also have, like, one bite that won't heal. Or I have two bites that won't heal. And it got bigger and more painful and no one knew what was going on and finally the photographer took a picture of his wound and sent it to a group of other National Geographic photographers and said hey as you have been exploring the jungle have you ever experienced a wound like this that won't heal and one responded and said yes when I was in Nicaragua I was on um, a medical trip taking photos and I saw these wounds on children that wouldn't heal and they said it was an incurable disease. You should seriously check this out. So they send a letter to the National Institute of Health who brings them all in, the entire expedition in for a research study and they are diagnosed with leishmaniasis which is a flesh-eating parasite. It literally expands and grows and eats your nose and your mouth and your ears off of your face, down your throat, and then eats your internal organs Uh until you die. The disease, if it is not treated, is completely lethal. And the treatment is horrendous and has terrifying side effects. Um, The side effects are like extreme pain, hallucinations, and psychological effects that are so severe that people who have been going through the treatment have attempted self-harm as a way to get out of it. Um, Those side effects do end after the treatment is over, but it doesn't actually get rid of the parasite. It just, and, and similar to a cancer that goes dormant, it's just in your body and could potentially pop up at another time. So the team joked, you know, at this point, they're like, oh, we all have, we have the same curse that the that the other explorers experienced um, because we went and looked for the lost city. And, and they were able to receive treatment, and they are have all lived and have all recovered to an extent, although their treatment is ongoing. Months later, they found a fossil that held a perfectly preserved sandfly inside. Um, and inside the sandfly was the same parasite. 
and the sandfly was 500 years old, which leads them to believe that this entire civilization was killed by the same parasite that they have. So the legend of going to find this city and coming back and dying is legitimately true. So there's still so much information to be uncovered about this civilization. It takes so much time and precision to be able to go through each of the artifacts um, during excavation. So it's predicted that the full city will not be fully restored or uncovered until the year 2055. Um, but what's cool about this is that it's actually been life-changing for a lot of the indigenous Hondurans. Not much is known about indigenous peoples, especially in Central America. Um, and they're in the process of discovering their own history. So the National University of Honduras has now launched an archaeology department where they didn't have one before. So students are working side alongside professionals to uncover their own history. So within Honduran indigenous people, there are uh, Aztecs descendants and there are Mayan descendants. And then there's also an unknown group. And for a while, they've just had the label of like, we're indigenous, but we don't know which group that we belong to. And now they're able to track that there were a few survivors from this civilization and it has now led to an entire group of indigenous people who are uncovering their own history. And so, you know, there's this argument of nurture versus nature, but we can agree that both are important. And so what's special is that they're learning about their own genetic makeup and they're also learning about the culture and the history that is contributing to how they were raised, despite the fact that the majority of their larger ancestry was completely destroyed. So it leads me to ask the question, how will you know where you're going if you don't know who you are? And how do you know who you are if you don't know where you've been? Thanks. Thanks so much for that Indiana Jones adventure, Millie. And thank you all for listening to another episode. If you have any feedback or anything that you don't feel like is great for review, you can always feel free to text me. My number is 770-296-5699. We'll love to hear from you. Thanks for another listen. Stay curious and stay kind.